Yes, indeed. I'd like to welcome you to uh, my podcast. It's called Getting Comfortable While Being Uncomfortable with Your Boy Clay. Uh, it's a series of podcasts that I'll be doing based on uncomfortable situations that you eventually become comfortable in, you dig. Uh, today we're going to talk about becoming a parent. First find out that you're going to have a child, right? Yeah, it can be kind of shocking and throw you completely off track. But in turn, you'll eventually get everything together and flow through it. So uh, sit back, relax, man, get comfortable. You're about to be kind of uncomfortable. You did. Let's go for this journey one time. So at the age of 28, I found out that I was going to become a father. Had no plans on ever having kids. That was never something that really crossed my mind. I was living pretty much a carefree lifestyle. In and out of town, running around like a fool. I never really bought any property, never really set my roots anywhere. It was just kind of come and go, living a fast life. Fights in Vegas, boom, we're there. Parties in Miami, bam, we're there. Go to New York real quick, man, why not? Let's just shoot out there real fast, boom, we're there. Living a fast life, right? So, start dating this little female. Can't really say dating. I start casually seeing this little female. And one thing leads to another. No one was planning on having a child. And when they say that protection is not 100%, please believe it's not. Uh, next thing you know, bam, condom breaks. I get a phone call. The phone call I get, it's almost like getting a phone call from a minister society when you're a cane, right? And Aisha gives you a call. And she's like, you know, Clay, I'm pregnant. And I'm just like, okay. You know, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to diss anybody. Hey, but at the time, I'm feeling like this is kind of scary, right? Like, like, what do I do in this scenario right here? I'm so not ready in so many ways. So I'm just like, man, okay. So I said, you know what? No disrespect. We weren't in a real relationship. If this is my child, then bet. I'm going to go ahead and take care of him and do the right thing, right? So, I don't tell anybody. I keep everything low-key the whole time that she's pregnant. A few months later, I get a phone call. Your son's been born. Go down to the hospital. They do the whole swab into the mouth, parental testing thing. Find out, boom, this is my child, right? So now, 28 years of not having a kid, guess who's a dad? Myself, right? Me. Yeah, imagine that. So, I'm kind of sitting back in a state of like, whoa, what am I supposed to do here? So, I'm going to tell you, at 28 years old, the relationship that I had with my mom was so close and so tight. But at the same time, she had put up with so much with me by now that I'm scared to death to tell her what just happened. What did I just find out? You know, how do you explain to your mom that like, yo... I got this kid, but I've never once told you about the baby's mom. I never once told you somebody was expecting. But guess what? Today, about 8 o'clock in the morning, bam, uh, you're a grandmother again, right? So I'm thinking I got to go tell this lady this information. So that I'm feeling like, whoa, like, all right, let me go over here, tell moms. I call her because I'm not crazy. I'm not going to stand in front of this lady and drop this on her. So I call her. Yeah, and it's kind of a funny story because when I call her, I'm just like, Mom, I got to tell you something. You know, it's really, really bad, and I hope you don't trip. 
Moms are so cool. She's just like, I've been on this ride with this fool before. So what is it that you need to tell me that's so, so bad? And so I tell her, so, well, you know, um, I was kind of messing around with this female. She told me a while back that she might be pregnant. I didn't want to say nothing until I was sure. But she just had this baby. Now I have a son. And now you're a grandmother. So, yeah. It was kind of like that, at least playing in my head. I'm hearing these crickets, right? But moms, she was so cool and so calm with everything that she was just like, okay, so two people, two not so very smart people, now have a child but no relationship. I'm not going to hold that against the baby. So when do I get to meet my grandchild? And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) wait a minute. Is that it? Like, you're not tripping? That's it? And her thing was, you've gone 28 years, the lifestyle that you seem to enjoy living with no kids. At 28, you are an adult. You're a grown man. Now you have to act like a grown man and pick and choose. What are you going to do here? But outside of that, when do I get to meet my grandchild? If there's something else you need to tell me, because that's not bad news at all. And I'm sitting there kind of like, wow, you know, the relationship with me and Dukes, you know, I'll call moms Dukes. That's just the way I always been with her. But the relationship me and her have is so crazy because we're always so close. But at this particular moment, I didn't know what to expect from her. So I'm just like, well, okay. Um, I don't know because I don't know how all this works. I have to talk to the mom, see when I can bring him by, so on and so forth. So I'm back at the hospital and I'm actually sitting there meeting my son for the first time. And that's hella, hella uncomfortable because I don't know anything about babies. Hadn't planned on having a baby. Didn't really want to have no baby. And now I'm sitting there holding this baby who's halfway looking up at me through these foggy little eyes. But he's looking up at me and I'm sure he doesn't know what the hell I am. Like, you know, I'm just a a human, but he doesn't really know what a human is. So he's just kind of looking at me and I'm looking at him like, yo, this is kind of a trip. He starts hanging on to my finger, and then he has his eyes open, then he falls asleep. And I'm like, yo, this is kind of a trip. But this weird sense of calm came over me. Like, man, like this is very, very different. So now I'm thinking to myself, you know, where do we go from here? What's going to happen? I'm not with this woman. I've heard all the stories about child support court. I've heard all these stories about family court. I've heard all these stories about baby mamas, the drama. The bullshit that comes along with it. Haven't really heard too many good stories about co-parenting and people being happy and existing. But I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to make this work with my son, my new son, in my lifestyle? Somewhere in there, you have to make this transition. Everything that you've been comfortable doing for 28 years of your life has now got to change. Your walk, your talk, your demeanor, if you're going to really be a father to this child, right? Right. So everything that's running through my mind, there's no playbook for this. I'm calling the big homies. I'm calling the relatives. I'm calling everybody like, yo, man, what do I do (laughs) with this scenario? And after everybody gets past the part of who's your baby's mom, where she come from, how did it happen? Well, this is what you need to do. You either... Put both feet in or both feet out. But there is no in-between when it comes to this parenting and the lifestyle that you'll have to live. 
I could be hella selfish and do my own thing, continue to be that neighborhood local superstar, living like a big boss when I'm out of town, or I could slow my life down and try and take care of this kid. So the more I hung out with him, the more I interacted with him, the more of a bond started to build. And all my focus immediately went from what's going to go on with me and his mom to focusing more of what's going to happen with me and him. You dig what I'm saying? That transition is a trip. Just let that sink in. So at this point, I'm like, man, it's really just the two of us. Where is this going to go? Strap yourself in and let's see. Doctor placed you in my arms. I knew I'd meet death before I let you meet harm. Although questions arose in my mind, would I be man enough against wrong? Choose right and be standing up. From the hospital that first night, took an hour just to get the car seat in right. People driving off fast got me kind of upset. Got you home safe, placed you in your bassinet. That night, I don't think one wink I slept as I slipped out my bed to your crib. I crept, touched your head gently, felt my heart melt because I knew I loved you more than life itself. Into my and I beg the Lord, please let me be a good daddy. All he needs love, knowledge, discipline, too. I pledge my life to you. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Uh, just me and you. Just me and you. Now I'm back in the whole situation of trying to figure this situation out, right? So I started talking to my older brother, man, and I'm like, look, you know, he's my older brother. We didn't grow up, you know, we didn't come from the same parents, but we grew up together, man. I've known this cat since I was like in the second grade. Mind you, I'm 28 now. So I'm chopping it up with him, my man DeVille, just casting out knowledge who's already been in this situation. So when I'm talking to him, he's like, look, man, I've been down this path already. The life that you're living is not going to work if you're going to try and be in your son's life. The way we grew up, and he was just real talking, the way we grew up was bullshit. The shit that we got into was bullshit. You know what I mean? We pretty much grew up in the suburbs, but we all was gangsters. You know, some by choice, well, most by choice, not really so much by force, but I think you just kind of, you grew into the element of what was around you. And those are the decisions that we made to get from point A to point B in your neighborhood. You repped your neighborhood and that's just how you made it work. Do I want to teach my son the same shit or do I want to teach him on a whole different path and and make things completely different in my surroundings? Well, the first obstacle is trying to figure out how am I going to get along with his mom, who I really don't know that well. Let's just be real. I only knew her for a couple of months and things happened. So now you figure here comes the court dates. That everybody's telling me about Here comes the baby mama drama That everybody's telling me about And the thing is By this point the bond that I have with my son And mind you this isn't even a year into it This is probably six months in But the bond that I felt with my son at that particular time I filed the paperwork To take her to court So that I could stay involved in his life And not just be somebody who sent money 
and saw him two or three days out the week. Keep in mind that for the first six months, I saw this boy every single day for the first six months of his life, nonstop. So for us to start having issues and her starting putting restrictions on when I could see my child, you know, what I could do with my child, where I can take my child. And by this time, I mean, this cat have really formed a, a tight bond. I file the paperwork. I take her to court. We get to court and I start learning. This is hella, hella jacked up in these courtrooms, man. You talk about feeling uncomfortable. You go from going to court to try and fight for your freedom, uh, not go to jail for these bullshit charges that you were getting when you were younger and all kind of nonsense. Now you're in court trying to fight to be somebody's parent. California is not like a state at this time. California is not dad friendly in any way, shape or form. My first time to court, I go from seeing my son every single day for six months to seeing my son every other weekend. Pick up Friday evening, drop him off Sunday evening. That's the only time I get. That's it. I'm trying to get the judge to understand. I don't want to just be some financial cat that pops up, hands my son some money, or not even him directly, because at that time he's so young, but just giving his mom money, and then I hardly ever see my child. See, the system wants you to pay for your kid, but they really don't want you to be an active father in your child's life. And this is a crazy conundrum, right? Because not taking credit for all, you know, discrediting the mothers, but a lot of these mothers see these kids as a way to get paid. Some people might get upset of what I say. Some people might not. Some might understand it completely. But when they take you to court, the first thing they're asking for is child support. They're not saying give this man equal time, let him build a bond with his child. The first thing they're saying is we want money. You get to court, the first thing they tell them is how much money do they want. Present your pay stubs. Show how much you're making. They don't really trip over how much she's not making, if that makes sense to y'all. And those who have been to court have already know this is how it kind of works. So now I'm in a hella uncomfortable situation trying to present my side of a story to a judge that doesn't know me, doesn't know her, but knows that she gave birth to this baby and she already has a leg up in the game. I run through attorneys. I think I probably had three different attorneys. Before I even make progress is really getting equal time with my son, I'm probably about 6000 in the hole. I'm spending money left and right while I'm fighting to become this kid's father. So I went from living a life where everything is carefree, not worrying about more than having a pet, to now all the money that I had going into court fees to try and fight and be in my child's life. Crazy, right? But that's kind of how it works. But at the end of the day, it pays off because now I get a chance to really be around my son. We end up with 50-50 legal. We end up with 50-50 joint. Now we're doing every other day type stuff. Maybe you get three days, then two days, then three days. That's how the schedule broke down. But I'm actively being able to be active with my child, actively participating in what he does. The money's not an issue. Take the money. That's not what I'm tripping off of. What I'm tripping off is building that bond with my child and being a father to my son. Can you dig it? Hope y'all can dig it. See, I hate
when a brother makes a child and then denies it. Thinking that money is the answer, so he buys it. A whole bunch of gifts and a lot of presents. It's not the presence, it's your presence and the essence of being there. And showing the baby that you care. Stop sitting like a chair and have your baby wondering where you are or who you are. Fool your eyes, daddy. Don't act like you ain't, cause that really makes me mad, G. To see a mother and a baby suffer. I had enough of brothers who don't love the fact that a baby brings joy into your life. You could still be called daddy if the mother's not your wife. Don't be scared, be prepared, cause love is gonna get you. It'll always be your child, even if she ain't with you. So don't front on your child when it's your own. Cause if you're right now, then you'll regret it when it's grown. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. So now I'm getting the chance to actually be a father to my child, right? It's crazy. The fight that I had to go through to even get that opportunity. But it's cool, though. Everything is cool. Me and my little dude, we're spending all this time together. We're developing this tighter, tighter bond. And as years start to pass and he gets older, you know, it's fun now. Walking him to his little classrooms, sitting in on these parent-teacher conference meetings. And matter of factly, I think... (laughs) Just being real, I was the only one that ever showed up for these meetings, watching his first school performances. Eventually, he starts playing football. And, man, he starts playing football. I start coaching this guy at five years old. He starts playing at five years old. And we did this ride all the way up until high school, you dig? But what I'm learning during this whole process is you have to watch how you move now. You can't move the same as you used to. The things you used to do, the things that you would say, Now you have this little person who's watching everything that you do who wants to be just like you, and that's scary as hell, you dig? Because it's kind of like you say certain things and no one ever repeats it. But then you say certain things and find out that someone's really been listening, and now they are repeating it. So funny little story, right? Me and my mom, we're in the kitchen. He's running around the house. Right on point, he drops something, and you just hear my little dude. Oh, shit. So I'm just like, whoa. Moms looks at me. Hey, did you hear what he just said? And I'm just like, yeah, you know. She's like, I don't know. Where is he getting that from? I'm like, shit, I have no idea where he's getting that from. So she looks at me and she's just like, wait, what did you just tell me? And I was like, shit, I don't know where he's getting that from. She said, you've told me shit now a couple of times and you don't know where he's getting it from. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, okay, so I'm like, he's getting it for me, but I'm not knowing he's getting it for me because I'm thinking, when do I ever say shit around this boy? But apparently shit was my phrase and him looking at his father, shit became his phrase. So now I'm trying to parent myself out of this child, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) which was hella fun, hella different. And to this day, dude is 19 years old and I'm still trying to get some of me out of him. You know, it's like talking to a bigger or younger version of me who's now almost bigger than me it's crazy right but you learn as time goes everything you do you have to lead by example because whether you think they're watching you or not they really are so when you're sitting there talking to your homies and you're slapping hands and you're flying the flags you're repping your blocks your boroughs your coast wherever you're from your little you is watching you do all that repping so i went from sagging to show off my designer draws to pulling up his pants so that he couldn't show off his designer huggies and shit 
So now I'm pulling his pants up. Well, why are you pulling my pants up? But your pants are halfway down. Damn. Not like I needed to have them sagging anyway, but I think back then I was rocking those Versace's and Polos and all that, and everybody had to see the name brand draws I was rocking. You know, had to do it. So now I'm pulling my pants up. I'm tucking my shirts in reluctantly because I want him to tuck his shirts in when he goes to school. Because I realized that every single thing I do, whether it's from how I hold something in my hand to how I stand to how I talk to how I respond, this guy is soaking it all up. Comfortable, but uncomfortable, all at the same time. Because now you're thinking to yourself, I got to break so many bad damn habits that it's not even funny, you dig? So, Time progresses, and now I'm starting to learn from him in a sense because, damn, I think he has a better head on his shoulder than I do at this point. But part of it is the changes that I made to try and get him to that point to where he's now correcting me and telling me to tie a shoe, tuck in the shirt, pull your pants up, where's your belt, comb your hair, brush your teeth. But all these lessons I've taught him from him watching me all the way from potty training. If I had to go pee, he had to go pee. Whether he felt like going or not, no, we all going to pee. Then it turned into a game for him. I'm going to beat you to the bathroom. Cool, as long as you make it, I don't give a damn who comes in first. As long as you make it in there, we solid. And that's just kind of the relationship that was built from letting him learn from me, me teaching him, but it all stemmed from me understanding that he's watching every single thing I do, right? I guess the kid's biggest dream is to be like their father. You feel me? figure man everything is cool he's getting older but i'm learning that you constantly have to try and help them clean up some sort of mess and i think right now my son being 19 years old i'm still helping him clean up these spills and that starts from day one when your kid has a your kid has a sippy cup and they're in the back seat of your car and that cup tips over ain't no damn sippy cup man that's more like a tippy cup as soon as that mug tips that mug starts leaking. So I guess they say, oh, it's a sippy cup because it doesn't just pour out. But for the average parent that's driving, taking the kid from daycare, home, work, whatever the case may be, and you're stuck in traffic and you look in your back seat. Yeah, that, that sippy cup then turned into a real spill. So you start cleaning that mess up. They get older. They're knocking over something bigger. You're cleaning that mess up. You never stop cleaning the messes when it comes to your child. These spills that they have. But like I try and tell my son all the time, while I'm here, soak it up, man. 
Because when I'm no longer here, you're going to need to know how to clean up your own spills. And I think he's learning that now as he ventures off into adulthood. I'm still here running behind him with a towel, wiping things up, quicker picker-upper like Bounty. You know what I mean? But it all pays off down the long run. You know, and I tell him about all the spills I had. I had big spills. I didn't have sippy cup spills. I had buckets, truck spills, oil spills. I probably killed a couple of ducks and destroyed the ozone layer. But I tell him all of that so that he can learn from my mistakes so he doesn't make the same mistake. I learned from my mistakes and I try not to repeat the same thing. A few of the mistakes I made a few times. So I give him that same leeway. At the end of the day, we have to understand as parents, though, that's our job. Our job is to make sure that we keep these cats in line and set them in the right direction so that they can lead the next generation. The whole time that he's been with me, it's never been a thing about what his mother did or didn't do when it came to a conversation with me and him. That's not a conversation for us to have. That's a conversation for him to have with her at a later date, and he can figure that out. Your child is always going to know what parent was by their side, who held it down for them, who was there when they needed something, not financially, but emotional. Emotional support, mental support, biggest type of support that you could ever pay. Child support, never worry about the money, man. You're never going to have enough. If you spend it, you're going to make it back. You have to look at life as a whole. This whole situation was extremely uncomfortable. This stuff doesn't come with a playbook. But you can either figure it out and learn to live and be a comfortable person that's taking care of his child and pushing in the right direction. Or you can constantly stay in a state of being uncomfortable where everything pisses you off. Every change, every argument, every issue with that other parent just completely push you in a funk. It's not about being a punk and less of a man and she's getting over on me and so forth. It's about being there for your child in the long run, taking care of your son, taking care of your daughter. Because you got to think about it in the sense of down the line, say this happens to them. Do you want them to react irrational, crazy, and trip the hell out and constantly focus on what the other parent is doing? Or do you want them to step up and say, hey, yo, this is my child. I'm going to take care of my child the best that I can. If you choose to participate, then hey, come on in. If you choose not to participate, then hey, do what you got to do. But on this end, I'm going to make sure my child is straight. My mom was that way, but it wasn't because my dad wasn't there. My dad passed away when I was two. So he was out of the picture. But she still had four kids she had to take care of. Anybody that she dated or got involved with had to understand off top. I take care of my kids first, then I deal with you. The things I learned as a single parent, as a single father, man, you try and explain that to a female in the beginning, that you have to take care of your son full time. And first is, oh, ooh, ah, how cute. Until they realize you really do take care of your kid full time. Then it's like, oh, damn, well, oh, because look, <laughs> you ain't got the time for her. Your focus is on your child. If there's a female listening to this right now, your focus is not on that man. Your focus should be on your child. New wife, new girlfriend, new boo, whatever. Shouldn't even be your concern. Do you know all your teachers' names? Do you know all the subjects that they're studying? Do you know their grades? Do you know who their best friends are? That's where your focus should be is on that child. That's where your whole focus should be is on that child. I think as you get older, 
you realize certain situations aren't that serious. Would I change anything now? No, I wouldn't change a damn thing. Because in the long run, my son has saved me from probably incarceration, death, and Lord only knows what else. Before he was born, I was a wild one, man, 28 years old, living a life, ghetto superstar, neighborhood superstar. I had no patience, no tolerance, knock over a $5 drink on me in the club, and we set the whole club off. Waiter doesn't come with my food quick enough, we shutting down the restaurant. Just a crazy mentality. But then when you're forced into parenting, you have to change that frame. That that whole mindset has to change. It went from me walling out to me having my son's mom put the phone next to him at 2 o'clock in the morning just to remind me of why I wasn't going to act a fool. To remind me to take my butt home. To remind me to get up out of these streets. And granted, she wasn't the best. Isn't the best, in my opinion. But that's a whole nother podcast. But I'll tell you this on some real truth. If she would have been a stand-up woman, had she really been the mother that most mothers I know are, I probably would not be the father that I am today because I would have still been allowed to run the streets and act a fool. So by her basically leaving him with me and living her life, I changed my life. And everything that was comfortable up to 28 years Now, I can truly tell you, those same things would be so damn uncomfortable for me to go back to. I'd be a fish out of the water on the reel, flopping around on dry land, lost, confused, and short of breath. So now my comfortable is working, providing, and making sure that this cat knows that he's fully supported down the line, you dig? That's just real. So I hope y'all enjoy this little quick jump-in podcast, man, and We're just touching bases. We're just getting fresh with this whole scenario. Given time, I'll be back with some guests, some more topics, some more fun. You know, not everything's going to be extremely uncomfortable, but y'all going to literally learn to be comfortable with no matter what we talk about on this podcast right here, you dig? And on that note, I'm out of here. Enjoy.